0: Welcome to the Early Access Podcast, Episode 3. It is August 20th, 2019. We're syndicating this out to Spotify and iTunes, and you can also drop us a like on YouTube, discord.gg slash shampoo if you want to submit any viewer-related questions. We got a show today. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about is breaking news from the girl who faked a motorcycle accident. I'm going to drop you guys the details in case you haven't heard. Tiffany Mitchell is a Nashville-based Instagram influencer who posted a couple pictures. I'm going to read out. The I'm going to describe the pictures and I'm going to read out the description. Uh, but the first picture is of her leaning up against a motorcycle. Uh, she's wearing a tank top and white overalls. I think these are overalls, and the leggy part of them uh, are already ripped. Uh, but the tank top part is important because she is absolutely sleeveless. If you go on to some of our other pictures, I'm pulling this off of Instagram.com slash Tifor Ellie, T I F F O R. E-L-I-E. The second picture, um, I'm taking this all from a tweet from Tanya underscore Chen, but the pictures also show the second picture depicted in the tweet is her laying on the ground with the motorcycle helmet off. And then the third picture, this is the one that got everyone pissed off. Uh, It's once again her laying on the ground with the motorcycle helmet off. She's holding her head. A guy is crouching uh, right next to her, and there is an extremely tactically placed seemingly almost full bottle of Smart Water right next to her helmet. It is front and center, very hard to miss. And then there's uh, some kind of canister, which I I don't think is part of the plug. The Smart Water is really the thing that stands out. And the fourth picture is her friend helping her up off the ground. Her friend, uh, of which, by the way, is clearly not a paramedic. And looking at the picture, you can really see her left arm exposed. That's the arm that she claims that she was sliding across the ground on. And it looks absolutely fine. Uh, I've fallen off of skateboards going like 15 miles an hour and I've taken more damage than she did off a motorcycle. I'm going to read some highlights uh, from her Instagram post. She said the first picture was from her and her bike about an hour before she got into the accident. Uh, At 730, she was on a secluded two lane stretch, misjudged a curve, took it too fast and her bike went off the road. It slid through the grass and she hit the pavement. She had her helmet on her head, but she was fine. And she had scraped up her left side. She was laying on the road in shock. Some strangers later on picked up her bike, loaded another trailer, and brought it back for them. And then the doctors, which were depicted nowhere in the post, uh, helped her out as well. Uh, I absolutely see no doctors uh, or ambulance ride, anything going on uh, in these posts I'm seeing on Twitter. But we got some breaking news right before I started the show. I'm going to read her full comment here uh, on Instagram. This was posted five hours ago. I've been figuring out how to respond to everything that's unfolded recently regarding the post I shared three weeks ago about my moto accident. I won't get into that post here, but I want to talk about the reactions I've been getting. The article BuzzFeed News posted sensationalizing what I went through that day and making a mockery of the post I shared. As a result, I've been accused of staging the accident to get attention using it as a product placement opportunity with a water company, and other things I can't even wrap my head around. I've been sharing real-life stories here since I started my account, and then I'm actually going to skip over this next part. When I work with brands, the ones I personally enjoy, and I disclose every single sponsorship, it is actually an FCC violation for you to not do that whenever I get brought out to events as an influencer. They straight up tell me super hard, straightforward be sure you use these hashtags. Be sure you let people know that this is sponsored. We're not giving you this stuff for free. You were flown out of this event and products that are given out to you uh, may have been influenced by that and you disclose that information by letting everyone know that this was sponsored. Accusing someone of faking or exploiting an accident is extremely serious, but what if you're wrong? It really happened to me and I was scared. I really was injured and had to recover. I was laying in shock on the side of the road, having flashbacks to when I lost someone very important to me. Friends were by my side. Strangers called an ambulance. I don't know why she says strangers called an ambulance when her friends were very clearly with her in those photos. And she had mentioned in the original post that she was riding with friends. Uh, when I found out my professional photographer friend who I had been shooting with earlier took photos of everything, I was completely moved. I shared this on my feed with humans who have been on a journey with me for years because I knew they would understand what it meant to me and I understood what it would mean to them. I'm sad that something so true and so personal has been treated this way and I'm disappointed for Buzzfeed for spinning it there. I'm disappointed in Buzzfeed too, but not for the same reasons. I would just ask that if you're here because of this, consider that the post I made was real and happened in my life, resonated with me deeply and those who have uh, chosen to follow me, that's what it was intended for. All right, everyone, Clearly calling out that this is completely fake. I'm not going to... I am going to say it's fake. Uh, I actually did a lot of research too. She took her helmet off after the accident. And I had heard uh, from some of my friends who ride motorcycles that you're not supposed to do that. And I actually found the official word from the internet that you're not supposed to remove your helmet for risk of paralysis. The only time you remove your helmet after a motorcycle accident is if it is for some reason restricting access to your airways Your helmet should remain in place with the chin strap undone. And I'm sure the paramedics will figure out what to do with it from there. So the fact that she removed her helmet, at the very least, was a dumb idea. But if you look at her Instagram photos, you'll see no noticeable scratches on her arms uh, from taking a corner and falling off of a bike that slid away. Uh, We also got comments that she is not associated with Smartwater at all. Uh, She says this also. And Smartwater commented, uh, telling a journalist that they do not sponsor her either. Uh, in fact, I I don't even know how a bottle of smart water made it there, uh, to be completely honest. The only time I ever in my life picked up a bottle of overpriced smart water is at an airport uh, because those Fiji water bottles are square and they're kind of a pain in the ass to carry around, in my opinion. So smart water bottles are they're round and longer and they make you throw away your water before you go to an airport. Uh, so I, I will admittedly pick up a smart water there because I will die of dehydration on a flight Uh, because they never give you enough water in those little cups. But that's beside the point. Smart Water is not associated with her, despite the fact that it was placed very evidently in the post. Um, There have been times before where influencers have lied uh, about being sponsored for certain things, uh, because being sponsored is a sign of being popular and being important. Smart Water was not a brand endorsement, she said, and they weren't uh, endorsing her. Also, uh, she said, quote, Nothing about it was staged. Nothing about it was sponsored. No brand work being done at all. Uh, the smart water bottle was surprisingly also undamaged. I don't know if she was the one carrying it around on her uh, motorcycle when that dropped. But here's the thing. I I don't think she's this stupid. And this could be me being being stupid to other... Ignorant to other people's stupidity. But she, there's no way that that she thought people would buy this, right? no scratches on her arms at all. Her clothes are completely fine. No road rash whatsoever. If you look at the pictures of her laying on the ground, her hair is completely fine and intact. I I really think that the... And, of course, Occam's razor is that she actually is stupid and thought people would buy this. But Nikki conspiracy theory. She did this because she thought it gained more recognition uh, than just posting a cool motorcycle picture. And then uh, she got what she wanted. A lot of backlash came with it, but it's getting a lot of eyes on her. And a lot of people are talking about it now. Uh, Which, of course, I could be completely wrong. And she could actually just think that people on the internet are stupid enough to believe her. But the complete lack of effort that she put into actually looking injured and the fact that there are no paramedics anywhere... uh, there's no notable injuries on her arms. Her hair's not messed up. Her motorcycle helmet actually looks pristine. She's wearing a white helmet in the photo uh, where she is laying on the ground. And it, it doesn't look like it has been damaged uh, almost at all. Of course, that could just be a really good helmet doing its job. Uh, but this is, at the end of the day, another instance of an in, uh, Instagram influencer or just influencers in general. Uh being terrible people and lying on the internet. Of course, he would lie on the internet. But uh, whether or not... uh, It's really a question to me is whether or not she knew that people knew that they were going to think this was fake. I I legitimately don't think she could be this stupid. But then again, she is from Nashville. Anyway, uh, speaking of stupid people, Pokemon Go player was caught with eight phones on the shoulder. Uh, We have this police department, and I didn't open this up in my run of show. So I'm going to stall as I open this up here. Sergeant Kyle Smith contacted a driver on the shoulder yesterday evening. The driver was playing Pokemon Go with eight phones. Ah, oh, give me a second here, Keeler. Keeler, can you tell a World War One fact real quick?
1: Okay, I haven't pulled it up. Let me go grab one. Uh... I
0: had to take a sip of water. I'm losing my voice.
1: Yeah. Alright, so, uh, <laughs> random World War One fact against a new segment in the show here. So, in the beginning of the war, uh, Austria-Hungary declares war on Serbia, and that begins the whole conflict that would last for four years. And so, Austria-Hungary was a very diverse empire with multiple nationalities and, and old nations that were kind of absorbed into it, and as a result, they also have multiple rail lines. Uh, with different gauges that are all incompatible with each other, and different trains themselves. So when they mobilized, they had to put all the soldiers on trains to bring them down to the south to go fight Serbia. And they mobilized with trains that would go at the speed of the slowest train in order to not have conflicts with rail switching and whatever. And so all trains went at around 10 miles per hour, which is an incredibly slow speed. These trains were basically inching along the tracks as they slowly went down south carrying soldiers and supplies and other things. I can run faster Random than fact. That for brief could, periods of you time. You could, probably you could. The things you just can't carry things on it. You know They could have marched probably at the same speed, but they can't carry all this stuff.
0: All right, so Anyways, I, back to you. I spent that time uh, Googling um, where this tweet came from. It was from Washington State. Sergeant Kyle Smith uh, contacted a vehicle on the shoulder yesterday evening. He was playing Pokemon Go with eight phones. The driver agreed to put phones back in the back seat and continued his commute with eight less distractions. Here's the thing. A lot of people are missing in the comments of this tweet. This guy was actually pulled uh, off on the shoulder, and he was playing Pokemon Go. Uh, there was a gym on the freeway, and he was doing a Rayquaza raid, which is why he had eight phones. And he was catching the Rayquaza. Now, uh, he's already at the Pokemon catch screen. I, I play an absurd amount of Pokemon Go, for those of you who don't know. Uh, so, And also, you can't raid while driving. If you get too far from the gym, it'll kick you out. So, here's what I know for a fact. And by for a fact, I mean based off my knowledge of Pokemon Go. He found this raid, drove up to it, pulled off on the shoulder... The raid takes two minutes to start, and with eight phones, I would assume it only took him, depending on how strong a Pokemon he used, but I wouldn't be surprised if it only took him, say, a minute and a half to finish the raid, right? So this man was pulled over on the shoulder uh, for about, I'd say, four minutes. Then he has to catch all the Rayquaza. That might take another couple minutes. He was on the shoulder for maybe about six minutes tops, depending on how long and how good he is at catching Rayquazas, and how often he throws his balls and all that stuff. Uh, What people are missing in the comments of this tweet, is that the driver uh, was not playing Pokemon Go while actively operating the vehicle. He was pulled over on the shoulder. And I know you're allowed to pull off on the shoulder, uh, for example, if you are driving with a pregnant woman who needs to throw up, uh, or driving your drunk friend around who needs to throw up, uh, or something goes wrong with your car, tire goes out, whatever, you're allowed to pull off on the shoulder for emergencies. This probably doesn't constitute an emergency. And I was looking, looking up whether or not uh, I'm no lawyer. You are allowed to pull over on the shoulder and play Pokemon Go. Uh, and of course, no no official ruling that, that has been made on that. Uh, of course, it's probably not something you should do. There's other places you should go to do raids. But I'm going to spin this as a, as a thing against Pokemon Go. I mean, this really highlights how much driving uh, is an advantage in Pokemon Go. Of course, to do a raid... Uh, for doing a raid, you get 10,000 XP, which is a very large amount, considering when you catch a Pokemon, that's only worth 100 XP, not including bonuses. And you also get a lot of items that are really hard to get unless you do raids. And of course, Pokemon that you can't get anywhere else, Rayquaza right now, is only available in raids. Of course, it, it's available in special research boxes and you can trade from other people, but that's beside the point. Raids are very a very profitable in-game activity to do. Niantic makes money off of raids The developers of Pokemon go, because they sell premium raid passes. Premium raid passes cost a dollar of in-game currency each, which you can either earn or use a Google Play card to get. And with uh, with that, Niantic is making money, and therefore they want people to do raids. Uh, the problem with that is if you want to do a lot of raids, you can't just go to the same gym over and over. Uh, you need to be hitting multiple gyms, and raids are only available for... Uh, limited periods of time. Of, I forget right now if the raid time is 45 minutes or an hour. But because of that, that really encourages driving around. Uh, there have actually been buses that take tons of people on them, dozens, enough to complete raids multiple times over. And and people will bus around. This is a legitimate thing that happens. And do raids together. They'll all They'll take the bus. The bus will drive up to a raid, presumably not on a freeway, I wouldn't be surprised if they were going to like parks and churches and stuff. And you can, if you can hit the raid from the bus, that's even better. Everyone does the raid, they drive on to the next one. Uh, And there are a lot of instances uh, where Pokemon Go encourages driving, not only with raids, but let's say uh, there's a very, I don't understand why this restriction exists in Pokemon Go, but in order to battle someone remotely, which in my opinion is half of the game. Half of the game is catching. Half of the game is battling. But in order to battle your friends, if they're not within, I think it's 100 meters, 100 feet, 100 meters, something like that. I know those are completely different measurements. But if your friends are not nearby you, to battle them remotely, you need to send 30 gifts to them or, or increase their, your friendship to ultra friends, which is essentially sending 30 gifts for the sake of simplicity. How, what's the best way to get gifts? Well, you could sit and spin a Stop once every five minutes or you can get in a car with a Pokemon Go Plus or a Gotcha, and and drive around downtown San Mateo, obstructing traffic, going slowly in the middle of 2 a.m. Not saying I've done this, and try to farm gifts so you can send them to your friends, and you got to do this. It only counts once a day, so you got to do this 30 days, and uh not saying Kula was complete. No, we weren't. We weren't collecting gifts. We were spinning new Pokestops for Adventure Week. That's the side of the point. There's also a huge problem with uh, playing with multiple phones. I mean this is this is a whole other layer. This guy was playing with eight phones. It's because he like myself. Uh, I play with multiple phones as well. I'm gonna out myself right now. The reason you play Pokemon go on multiple phones is so that you can do group activities by yourself. So in a raid, you need multiple people, especially for legendary Pokemon to defeat a boss. Rayquaza is actually particularly easy. You can do it with two people, but this guy brought eight phones because some bosses are harder. Um, like for example, Deoxys defense can only be done with four people minimum and they need to have the best possible counters at max level. So having eight phones is actually not too unreasonable, uh, in, in an effort to do Pokemon that are harder to do in raids. And so what, what has happened is that I'm talking from my own personal experience, uh, and, and one reason that I use multiple accounts to play the game, and, and this guy is also using multiple accounts. It is frustrating to go to a raid, right? And I have one phone of, of maxed up powerful Pokemon, but I've hit the power limit. I need other people to show up and help me. And so you have to get on Discord, a third-party service, and ask, hey, guys, does anyone want to come help to come do this raid? I need people. So let's say you need five people to do it and four people show up. You can attempt it anyway and lose your in-game raid pass for the day and then have to pay a dollar for a new one. Uh, or you could have taken the loss, wasted all your time, and leave. Uh, and, you know, the other person doesn't show up. People are unreliable. People say, oh, I have five minutes. Uh, I'm going to come to the raid. Please wait. And they end up never showing up and ghosting the group, so the group ends up waiting and wasting their time. Uh, you have to drive long distances, get other people there with you. Uh, of course, it's to sell raid passes. But it's irritating uh, to wait for other players. A- and sometimes the minimum number of trainers you'll need to do a raid is, say, four. But a lot of people will not use optimal Pokemon. So you'll need eight people. So now you got to wait for even more people. Then once all eight people are there and you're ready to go, very common. Someone will say, hey, my friend's coming in five minutes. Can we wait for them too? And what was supposed to be a five-minute wait ends up being a 10-minute wait, a 15-minute wait. All for one legendary Pokemon when you can, like this guy, Drive up to a gym. I'm not saying it's right to do it on the side of a freeway, but if you're doing it to a park, who cares? Drive up to a park with multiple phones, beat the boss, and then drive to the other side of the park and do it again. There's a reason people do this, and the game is encouraging it. Now, I'm I, I was looking it up. Uh, it, state troopers and highway patrol officers will check on you. Uh, it seems to be the general consensus. If you're pulled over on the side of the freeway, uh, they need to check, uh, make sure you, you know, no one's injured. Your car broke down, stuff like that. Uh, so it, it it wasn't this uh, this police sergeant going out of his way to bug a Pokemon Go player. He's just doing his job, pulling over the side of the freeway. Uh, now, whether or not you can pull over to the side of the freeway for playing Pokemon Go, I couldn't find some hard answers in my short amount of time googling as to whether or not that is an acceptable thing to do. But this guy did it. I mean, morally, just using my own moral compass. Try to find a gym somewhere else at a park. I, and this is talking Pokemon Go Attic to Pokemon Go Attic. Try to find some other more accessible gym to do. But I can understand. Uh, I, I'm not encouraging it. But I do see the train of thought where uh, where it's like, oh, you know, I'm driving home on this back road. But there's this gym here that's only accessible if I go down this freeway for a little bit. So I'll just go over, pull out on the, on the shoulder. I'll be done in six minutes and I'll dip on out. Uh, The driver wasn't issued any kind of citation, Uh, and of course, you should try to keep the emergency lane clear just in case someone really does have an accident uh, or if uh, the police need to use that to go through traffic. I've had a couple people actually as I've been driving around use the emergency lane to try to get around other people, Uh, and that's absolutely not something you should be doing it for either. But uh, besides the point, uh, this guy probably shouldn't have done that. Uh, but I will say that Pokemon Go does encourage using multiple phones to play Pokemon Go. So when this tweet said, playing Pokemon Go with eight, you put that in all caps, phones. If he was playing with one phone or eight phones pulled over on uh, on the side of the freeway, the, the number of phones doesn't really make a difference here. Um, it's just the fact that he was pulled over on the shoulder for something that can be classified as something is not really a super big emergency like a drunk person is about to throw up all over your car. So it's me kind of defending the guy. I'm saying it's not as bad uh, as people make it out to be. He certainly wasn't driving playing Pokemon Go and 8 phones. The number of phones isn't really relevant to the conversation, but I still don't think he should have pulled over on the side of that anyway. Speaking of police officers, Seattle, the Seattle Police Department I saw on Twitter uh, earlier this week is working to prevent swatting. So this is something it doesn't even seem like uh, you need to go online, uh, or sorry, you don't need to go in person to do. The Seattle Police Department. If you go to seattle.gov/police/need-help/swatting, I mean, I really just googled Seattle Police Department swatting. Um, but the Seattle Police Department is providing a resource to uh, let prominent broadcasters in the area and um, let the police know. That, that they could be in danger of swatting and to keep the police and the uh, potential swat swaties, the people who are going to get swatted safer. So for those of you who don't know, uh, swatting is uh, a terrible prank, I guess. I don't know if prank is the correct word, but it's a terrible thing to do to someone where you pretend to be a broadcaster or, or anyone who is typically uh, more well-known on the internet and you call the police claiming to be that person. And you say, this is my address. I have hostages. If you don't show up with $50,000 within the next 30 minutes, I'm going to start popping heads. Uh, and there have been numerous accounts of swatting in the past couple of years. I actually wrote a report on this, like my sophomore year of college. And some friends who are not super close friends, are not telling like my best friends, but uh, content creators who I've spoken to and, and know actually uh, and have spoken to before, have been swatted. It's a legitimately dangerous thing, where police come in expecting uh, an, a legitimate hostage situation or or something you know that that where someone's life is actually at stake. So, what people do is the they'll call they'll call up uh, as a prank and say, "Hey, I have a bunch of hostages here. Uh, I'm going to start executing them." The police come in expecting. To, to have to deal with uh, a super tense situation where people's lives are at risk. And so what the Seattle Police Department has done uh, and, and probably other police departments should, should start taking, uh, taking note here is that you can register online as a broadcaster and say, hey, uh, there are people who mess with me online. Uh, it is likely that this very common prank, unfortunately, Uh, is going to be pulled on me. And uh, so just in case that this happens, here's my address and my name. And what happens on the police side is after you're registered in the system, uh, the dispatcher who was called um, will still send police regardless, but they'll give that information to police. They'll let them know, hey, this could be a fake swatting attempt. Uh, Just be aware that this person is a known broadcaster or a known person on the internet. So you might not need to go in guns blazing right away. And this has happened before. Uh there's some YouTubers who I've watched who uh, who have been swatted multiple times. Uh, I've seen glass broken. There have been people arrested for actual swatting threats, uh, and and when people have actually there's that guy who was can you look this up for me? I should have actually had this on tap. There's that guy who got arrested, and he had something like fifty swatting uh, calls. Uh,
1: Did he have more contact? Was he just the he was—he was, he was actually it?
0: arrested and caught for swatting multiple streamers. I'm just gonna—I'm just gonna Google swat.
1: Yeah, no, I'm gonna look it up. It's fine. Um, I got—I got one on tap actually.
0: Man pleads guilty to swatting hoax that resulted in a fatal shooting. Oh, this is this the is the one- other
1: one. This is the one that resulted in the shooting, though.
0: Yeah, that's the one where um, the the police actually went to the wrong house and then shot a completely innocent man. Didn't even go to the person who was being targeted by the swatting attempt. Um, but there was some
1: guy who was I mention, for... It's not that they went to the wrong house. They went to the house that they were given the address for, which the guy used to live there. The guy who was being oh, okay. targeted used to live in that house. He gave the police, he, or he gave the swatter that address, basically, to kind of, like, throw him off. And then they actually sent the police there, and then they shot the new tenant who was there.
0: I actually found the... Still
1: awful. Still an innocent man was killed.
0: Still terrible. I actually found the article that I was particularly referencing. Oh, okay. uh, this is from March 30th, 2019. Swatting prank call caused a man's death. Now he'll serve 20 years in prison. Uh, his swatting prank caused a man's death. Now he'll serve 20 years in prison. Not sure if I really... Li- that headline was written a little confusingly. But uh, March, March 30th, 2019. So this is really recent. Uh, 20 years in prison for that guy who... Uh, I mean, the police officer was the one who pulled the trigger. But for the fake call, uh, that guy serving 20 years. So it's good to see police departments now starting to take this kind of stuff seriously. And the Seattle Police Department is the first to take advantage of it. And, of course, L.A. is the big place where a lot of influencers and content creators are. Uh, but Seattle is probably still top five if we're talking uh, places in the United States where there are a bunch of content creators. I know a couple people personally. Up in Seattle. So good on the Seattle Police Department. And I hope some other people follow suit. Alright. People are probably. Uh, I don't know if you're a long time viewer of me. I don't know if you're expecting this opinion from me. Uh, but I I actually really like. What the. Respawn developers did here. The Apex Legends developers. Which by the way Respawn is premiering. An upcoming virtual reality triple A shooter at Oculus Connect 6, and I'm working on getting my Oculus Connect 6 ticket, so I'm excited to see what the Respawn developers are going to do. And I actually like them a little bit more after this incident. The Apex Legends developers um, released a a big microtransaction system in Apex Legends that a lot of people were really angry about because it costs a lot of money to get very um, desirable items. The Heirloom Axe, which is an exclusive melee weapon in Apex Legends, costs, if you want to buy it, $158.21. Which, uh, I mean, I did just spend $150 on Pokemon cards today. But, uh, I don't know, an heirloom axe for $150. uh, One in-game melee item versus like a ton of Pokemon cards. I, I don't know. That still seems insane to me. So what happened was the Apex Legend developers went on Reddit. A lot of people were lashing back. Uh, They did not like this new microtransaction system, which I actually looked carefully into this, and there's nothing that impacts gameplay. It's purely cosmetic. There's no additional weapons like Blackout does, uh, Call of Duty Blackout, uh, the Blackout stashes uh, and all that stuff. They actually have weapons in Call of Duty Blackout that you can get through microtransactions um, that might not necessarily get you an advantage, but you wouldn't have that as a free-to-play player. When things are kept to cosmetic only, uh, I really don't care. I mean, I did just say that that axe costs an insane amount of money, but ultimately it's cosmetic and it doesn't actually impact your performance in the game, which is, I mean, as a sweaty tryhard, as we've established what I actually care about. And so this heirloom axe could cost $1,000. I would still call it stupidly expensive, but ultimately it doesn't matter. And their entire system of microtransactions in that game is still cosmetic. There's no advantage you can get for paying uh, money into this microtransaction system. What happened was that uh, DK05 is the Reddit name and JFreshRespawn, they are the Respawn project lead and the uh, community manager, respectively. They went on Twitter and they just started going off on people. Uh, JFreshRespawn, the community manager, uh, straight up told the guy, you should work on your reading comprehension which doesn't seem that bad. He wasn't really swearing at the guy. But there's some other stuff that was a little heavier. Uh, DK05 said, I've been in the industry long enough to remember when players were complete asshats to developers, and it was pretty neat. A little unprofessional, but I, I also he also didn't go super off the rails, uh, in my opinion. this This one was a little bit more off the rails. The amount of people who spend money on the game is crazy low. Most of y'all are freeloaders. Uh, that is coming straight from dko5 and, and that's actually something've i've spoken to other game developers i mean of course most famously i've supported evolve stage 2 a free to play game and that's true where most of the money from these kinds of games especially mobile titles don't come uh from people spending two dollars five dollars ten dollars it comes from the big whale who spend 2k 3k dollars a week a month uh, and that's where they get most of the money on uh dk5 is right Most people who play free-to-play games are, uh, in essence, I'm using air quotes here in real life, you guys can't see it, freeloaders. They're not paying for the free-to-play game, Uh, which, of course, I mean, they're still contributing to the player base, which looks good for the game, uh, but they're really banking on people spending $158.21 on an heirloom axe and all the other cosmetics. Um, So while he was right, he didn't say it in the nicest way. And here's here's the part... um, that kind of sits with me. Uh, JFresh Respawn said, So it's fine for you all to call us liars, full of shit, another other personal attacks when we communicate an apology and update to the event, but we're immature when we call people out on it. Got it. Now, of course, coming from a big AAA company, I mean, the things they said probably weren't very professional, and Respawn did apologize uh, about these comments. But I'm really sighing with the developers here. Uh, I personally, as a Twitch streamer, I have absolutely called out dumb people who have appeared on my chat and roasted them. Uh, shortly banned them uh, right after. Of course, the bar for professionalism on Twitch uh, is probably the lowest bar of professionalism that I could possibly think of. Um, but I have absolutely called people, uh, you're a complete idiot, get out of my face. Uh, absolutely not a professional thing to say, but I've, I've just told people to straight up fuck off from my stream before. And I think as someone who now uh, is no longer professional live streamer and has to uh, work with customers, uh, on a daily basis, I don't, I don't do a normal retail job. I'm not going to say I get as stupid people as the people who would walk into a Walmart or like a Pete's coffee or something like that. Uh, but I do deal with stupid people. Occasionally there was this guy who came in actually, uh, to my work and he was playing Arizona sunshine and, uh, Every time we have someone come play VR, we have them play the tutorial, um, the Steam VR tutorial, which shows them how to use all the controllers and all that stuff. Uh, And in Arizona Sunshine in particular, the arcade version, when you run out of ammo, there's a big white arrow that says reload and points to your gun. Then your gun turns to the controller you're holding in real life, and the button you need to press to reload flashes. This guy was getting super frustrated uh, and he kept yelling for me, asking asking questions uh, about how to reload and how to do certain stuff in the game. Uh, and he was getting very angry and seemed like he wasn't satisfied with the customer service we were providing because we didn't literally hold his hand and tell him how to reload his gun despite putting him through a tutorial. Uh, he just did not have the capacity to read the literal white arrow in front of him pointing towards his hand. And so uh, when customers... He wasn't super disrespectful, uh, but you could tell he was getting very frustrated. Um, In particular, oh, there was this one lady who came in. Um, She was very bitchy. She came in without wearing shoes at all. Um, This is the person I want to make an example of, actually. Forget the other guy, despite the fact that he just can't read. Um, This lady came in without wearing shoes, was very bitchy and insistent um, that we do certain things. Like, for example... Um, her boyfriend who was paying for the entire session, uh, his, his headset accidentally turned off for about two minutes. And I apologized to him, came back over, turned it on, a cord came loose. I said, sorry about that, man. I gave him an extra two minutes. Um, now, I told him that. I did not tell his presumably girlfriend that. So the girlfriend came up to me and, and said, hey, Uh, can we get some sort of compensation? He was having problems with his headset. He was being completely cool about it. And she's like, this is unacceptable. She's being very rude to me. Um, and like, we, we need some kind of compensation. And the boyfriend actually backed me up and said, Hey, um, it's fine. He gave us, he gave us a time back. It wasn't that big of a deal. I didn't really think it was that much of a problem. He ended up paying for the whole thing. Uh, but also I, I don't want to gloss over the fact that that bitch came in without wearing any shoes. Which, uh, I don't know why you're walking around Northern California, any Northern California city, without shoes. Um, But that was absolutely disgusting. I should have kicked her out immediately. I unfortunately didn't notice until uh, one of my coworkers asked why she wasn't wearing shoes. Because when I was helping her at the front desk, I didn't look at her feet. And then uh, when she was already playing VR, I didn't realize that. Uh, I thought she had taken her shoes off to stand in the station, but but that wasn't the case. Um, she's actually just a, just a disgusting human being. So uh, I I really I can respect the developers clapping back at at stupid people and people calling them out. Uh, I mean, of course, they're getting straight up death threats and hate on Twitter. Um, you know, people harassing them nonstop. I, I just have to deal with you know a dumb customer for a couple minutes, but I. I I, I would support a culture moving towards being able uh, to tell people to fuck off. Not not particularly for myself, but for my friends who uh, work in particularly fast food or retail or at a coffee chain or at a mom and pop shop. There's that phrase, the customer is always right. And people misconstrue that phrase. I'm stealing this straight from Drifter's video, but I had heard it before. Um, where the customer is always right. What that phrase originally meant was that the customer determines demand for a product, right? If I'm selling red pens and the customer wants black pens, the customer is right and I need to supply black pens, all right? What that does not mean is that if the customer comes into my McDonald's, eats all 10 of their chicken nuggets and says, these were disgusting, I'd like a refund, the customer is not right in that they should get a refund. Uh, they should be told, you're an idiot, fuck off. People people who are working and have to deal uh, deal with these kinds of people should really be able to tell other people to fuck off more often. And that's where I side with the Respawn developers. I mean, it was a little unprofessional. They did call uh, the, the player base asshats and freeloaders. But were they wrong? I mean, a lot of people don't play, don't pay for Apex Legends. I did play it for like two months. Call it myself out here. I didn't pay a dime for it. I played Rocket League, didn't pay a dime for it. I played Evolve Stage Two, didn't pay a dime for it, and then made a ton of money off of it, and then got free stuff from the developers. Um, I don't. I, I haven't been an asshat to any developers. I really keep my relationship with those guys, uh, good because they they do treat me very well. But I'm really siding with the retailers on this, with the game developers, with the providers of a service. Don't be assholes to them. Uh, and if you are, and, and they call you out on it, if you really were being an asshole, then, then I'm kind of on their side for that. And in particular, uh, that lady who walked in without shoes. Well, what the actual fuck? And pay less, $20. You go to Target shoes for $20. I've actually worn my Target shoes that I use for dancing for the past like year and a half. It's $20. That's probably some kind of belief system that prevented her from doing that. Anyway, uh, we are out of time here. Thank you guys for watching the show. Uh, We might move the show. We're holding it twitch.tv slash delshampoo Tuesdays at 9pm. I might move it. I'll let you guys know in Discord. Discord.gg slash delshampoo um, the reason I kind of want to move it is because now at we did the pre-show. Now it's 10.25 p.m. Uh, now we have to you know work on all the audio and then upload it and change the RSS feed and all that stuff. And I don't like working on that that late. So I kind of want to do the show earlier and on a different day because I want to do stuff on Tuesdays. Uh, so we might move that around. But. Episode 4 will go live next week. If you want to leave us a rating, you can do that on Spotify and iTunes. It really help us out. Check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash And If you head over to discord.gg slash uh next week, maybe I'll read off some viewer questions, stories, requests for advice, anything you guys want me to read out on the show, uh, head over to discord.gg slash shampoo, Go to the channel, Early Access Podcast, and uh, check out the form there and leave me anything you want me to read off on the show. Thank you guys for watching. Keyler's been producing. You got anything else to say, Kehler, about World War One?
1: No no no. One fact one fact per podcast, if at all.
0: Alright. That's all you guys get for World War One facts. I've been your host, Nicky from Sail Shampoo. Thanks for watching and we'll see you guys all on episode four next week.